I'm going to talk this morning about peace. Um, but I just wanted to, I'm not going to say it's a diversion because I don't believe it is. It's something that was really on my heart as I was preparing. Um, and maybe it's just me, but, but sometimes, have I gone? Sometimes, oh, okay. You got the handheld. I'll go into this. Shall I go into this, John? <laughs> I'll try this for a moment. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Keep, do you want the other one? Yeah, okay. Um, sometimes I'm just staggered. And it's really helpful for, for, to remember in some way the enormity of God. Because we get sucked into a, a, a world around us that is very short-sighted, very today-tomorrow type situation, you know, never mind the concept of eternity. This is, a, this is a view of the Milky Way of which, as you will know, I'm sure, the Earth is a part. And of course, that's only ever a part of the Milky Way because it's taken from Earth. The Milky Way is home to 400 billion stars, of which we're one. Light travels at 186,000 miles a second. And it takes the light from one end of the Milky Way to travel to the other end of the Milky Way, 120,000 light years. Now, I can't work that one out. I haven't quite, you know. So, in other words, it takes one light year for light to travel. Now, I've got that right. A light year... (laughs) <laughs> it's really it's mind-blowing, isn't it? It, it, it travels 186,000 miles a second, so the distance it takes a year is a light year. The distance it travels in a year is a light year. And the one side of the Milky Way to the other is 120,000 light years. And that's one galaxy. Can you just throw up the next one? Because I love, I love this. I love this photo. This is called the Sombrero Galaxy, for obvious reasons because it looks like a sombrero. This is a brilliant white core encircled by thick dust seen edge on. This is Hubble. If ever you want to just have your mind blown, go onto a website, search for Hubble galaxy images and just spend a couple of hours getting your mind blown because it's just astonishing. This galaxy is 50,000 light years across and 28 million light years from Earth. Okay. Now, if that's not enough, nobody really knows. But the estimates are, you can put it this way, the estimates are there are 400 billion stars in our galaxy, the Milky Way. It's reckoned that there could well be one galaxy for every star in our Milky Way. In other words, 400 billion galaxies in the universe. 
Now, the only point I'm making here is, this is my Papa Father, who I can call Papa, who wants us to know him as a daddy. And it says in Scripture that Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. If ever his word failed, the universe would collapse. God is faithful. <laughs> Do you want to just put the next slide up? No, Jesse, I'll finish then. Thanks. This is our planet. This is, this is a rare sight, apparently. Well, we, went and we, of course, will never see it, but this is quite rare, even in space. This was the Earth tank from Apollo 17. And for some of you good folks, that would have been where you came from. Actually, South Africa and Zimbabwe is probably just about covered up with cloud there. So. <laughs> but there'll be some West Africans, I think. Yeah. You know, God placed us here. This is our domain. Earth is our domain. It's also the place where Satan was thrown to after his rebellion. And God chose to use you and me, filled with the Holy Spirit, to bring back into order this earth, the rule on this earth. That's our role, is to establish the kingdom filled with the Holy Spirit as, an in, as individuals, as churches. We establish the kingdom of God. That's our place. This is our domain. Heaven is the place, heaven is God's. But he also says that we're to pray for heaven to come on earth. That's the kingdom on earth. Heaven on earth is the kingdom on earth. Thanks, Jess. I'll let you go. (laughs) Your feet are aching, yes. And a key aspect of this ruling. You know, we've talked about this quite a lot, but uh, it's reconciliation and restoration. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time out of that context talking about peace, but actually it's far wider than peace. It's, it, it starts with the Greek word, uh, sorry, with the Hebrew word shalom. It always reminded me, as I was preparing, kept thinking about Harold. <laughs> Keep praying for Harold, bless him. Shalom. Uh, it's an interesting word. I remember... Um, going to, I did a little bit of work in Bahrain, and their greeting is Salem, or Salam, or as Sue and Dave will know, it's, uh, so a city, Dar es Salaam, is God is peace, the place of peace. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a universal sort of, very much Middle Eastern and, and into Africa sort of concept, but it's, it's a concept that we or, or a, a, an idea that we really don't understand because biblically it's only ever really translated in one word, which is peace. Its root meaning, I just want to expand this a bit because it really is important for us. The root meaning is wholeness, soundness, and safe. And it has a concept of totality. It's a total it's everything. 
And I've, I've just found a couple of quotes I want to read. The webbing together of God, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight is what the Hebrew prophets call shalom. The webbing together of God, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight. There's another one. This is another definition. Universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight, a rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed. A state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder at its creator and savior. Open doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. It's a very rich sort of phraseology, isn't it? Shall I read it again? Just to sort of let it, just let it soak in. It's a washing here. Universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. A rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed. A state of affairs that, imply, that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Which is really what we were doing before. Yeah. As we are sharing bread and wine together. It was just experiencing and, un- and knowing in our own hearts that his delight in us. Interesting, uh, Marcus last week spent some time just saying, tell, tell my people I love them. <laughs> he delights in us. Yeah, so... Here's another phrase. This is quite simple. but Shalom, in other words, is how things ought to be. (laughs) God's plan is to bring a universal shalom to his creation. The totality of his creation. Interesting, I think it's in Romans, I can't remember, I can't quite remember where it is. It talks about all creation is groaning, waiting for the sons of God to be seen in all their glory. You see, Shalom has has this concept, it's like totality. So somehow, all of the universe is somehow groaning because we're not yet fully in the place that we ought to be. That we will be. Because... When the kingdom is fully established, Jesus will then present it to his Father. (laughs) What a day, eh? And then all of creation will know shalom. I, I I think that if we look back at the Garden of Eden... Shalom was in the garden. It was only ever sin, our rebellion, humankind's rebellion, that disrupted shalom. And we're still living with the consequences. But thank God the day's coming when that will be fully restored. But I believe as, as his believers, if you like, we can know Shalom, that, that, as I've tried to describe it, I'm going to use the word shalom more than I'm trying to use the word peace. I believe we can experience that, maybe not in the fullest measure, but we can and should experience that. Shalom is not about being, but about well-being. There is a subtle and enormous difference 
between those two phrases. Well-being. Everything is well. (laughs) Everything is fruitful and blessed. Let me just read some scriptures. Uh, Because I want to, I just want to show that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. There are 350 Old Testament references to the word shalom. And Jesus fulfills them all. One of them is this. We read it every Christmas. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 9. Okay? Actually, yeah, you can throw that. I may or may not go through all these, but these are just verses... Um, except for the first one, all in the New Testament, where the, 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 Greek, rele- the Greek word, which is similar to shalom, because I have to make it clear, is used. Okay? First one, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, that's the kingdom, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Shalom of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. In other words, his kingdom will continually increase. And so will Shalom, because his kingdom is coming. How many times did Jesus say, the kingdom has come near you, the kingdom has come upon you? Because one aspect of the kingdom coming is Shalom, is peace. He's the God of peace. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. In other words, what Paul was talking about here is... <laughs> sorry, I will, I will finish that off, but I'm just going to say... This, because if you look at it in its context, there are arguments about what people should eat and what they shouldn't eat. And I think Paul got infuriated because what he was really saying is, for goodness sake, understand the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking... It's about um, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. As believers, we are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And he's our peace. Ephesians 2, 14. For he himself is our peace. He has made the two... Okay, let me put this in context, sorry. Um, this is talking about Jews and Gentiles. Jews and everybody else, if I can put it as simply as that. Okay. He himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two. Thus making peace. See, it's universal peace. It's not just about, am I feeling good? What's my inner peace like? That's, that's an aspect. It's, it's much more than that. It's not about the lack of conflict, although it is that. It's much more than that. It's, it's, it's all about, you know, it's all about um, this universal Shalom, it's, it's, it's huge. And it's, this is the God of Shalom. This is the God, now for us as Gentiles, the God of peace. And then he says this, Consequently, 
you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. It's the church. It's a universal church, one church. He's destroyed the barrier between us and God and us and each other, no matter what our ethnicity, our culture, our background, our upbringing, our gender, you could go on. One thing I love about this church is it, it is a, it's eth- multi-ethnic. And, I, I, you know, we as, we, I'll say this, we as elders have, have said that we really value what God is doing in building a multi-ethnic church because it reflects God in all his totality. Because, it, you see, if barriers are broken down, then we can fellowship with one another and we don't need to be concerned about um, ethnicity and the roots of ethnicity. We're one in Jesus. Now, we might have our differences. You know, we do things differently. That's fine. You know, God is enormously varied. Why why else would he create different ethnicities? You know? Why not one? Why not English? (laughs) Oh, you can't even say that, really, can you? Why not Caucasian is actually the correct phraseology. But why not, you know, Afro-Caribbean or Indo-Chinese? Because God loves variety. And a sign of the kingdom is when people of different cultures get on, love each other, and demonstrate God's peace. It's what the world's looking for, part of what the world's looking for. Some a uh, few years ago, um, I, I received a prophecy from a guy, and one part of it said this: "You are." You, I can't remember the exact words. Something like, "You're a peacemaker." And I thought, I don't really want to be a peacemaker because I didn't understand the the meaning of what that actually says. You see, if you talk to most people, they will say the UN sends in peacemakers in, a, in a, an area of conflict. They do a great job, but that's, that's a definition that is not biblically correct. Peacemakers actually create God's order. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's because peacemakers really established the whole of God's creative order and reestablished the kingdom. That's a peacemaker. They demonstrate and reestablish the kingdom in any particular situation. So when Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called sons or children and daughters of God, that's just amazing. Why he was saying was they're blessed because they are demonstrating the kingdom. And you're all peacemakers because you demonstrate the kingdom. 
<laughs> if you look at what Jesus did, I mean, he, he took a group of disheveled, unruly um, men, some of whom, well, certainly they were culturally different. Um, I mean, you know, there was a tax collector and fishermen. Well, they wouldn't get on because the tax collector came and took their fish so they could pay their taxes, you know. <laughs> there was a, there was a, if I remember, there was a Levite who would have been highly, highly schooled in, in you know, Old Testament scriptures and so on. Um, but he modelled what it's like for 12 men you know, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because in the New Testament, you, you get glimpses of some of the arguments that they had. You know, who's going to be the greatest? You know, well, I know Jesus best, so I'll, be, you know, I'll, I'll get the best seat in heaven. You know, that's the sort of context. Uh, and, you know, because Jesus then took a little child and said, just be like a child, you know. So he was really molding a community of people who ultimately turned upside their known world. The known world at that time because they had understood, I believe, the real purpose and value and place of the kingdom of God in, amongst them. And they were able to be peacemakers and demonstrate the kingdom wherever they went. However, I do just want to... I, I think it's only right I make one qualifying statement. It's not really a qualifying statement, but... Jesus also said, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Hmm. There's always bits of the Bible, it's like you and James, isn't it? There's bits of the Bible you just want to sort of go, because I don't want that bit. From now on there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, or two against three. Because as Jesus said, it's not always possible to see peace established in a community because he's the prince of peace in a violent world. That's what he says. And sometimes when the kingdom clashes with another kingdom, you get a violent reaction. That's, that's what Jesus was saying. So even in some families, you may get violent reactions because you've got a clash of kingdoms coming together. And I think it's important we understand that that sometimes we don't yet see shalom in a community. But we will do. Romans 16, 12 is not on the list, says this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. See, we both share the same domain. <laughs> the church and Satan share the same domain. We're both on earth. But soon, soon, the God of peace will cross Satan under our feet. <laughs> okay, let me run through these scriptures. Colossians 3.15, very quickly, and I'm, I'm just going to um, give some words of advice, if you like, and then wrap up. Let the peace of God, where it's peace, think of shalom, okay? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace 
and to mutual edification. Okay, James 3.17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. I love that. Okay, there's three things here. Well, first of all, what are the hallmarks of a shalom community of believers? One, healing, wholeness, and well-being. This is just putting phrases together to what it, might, what it should look like for us. Okay? Two, physical needs met. Because one of the things that the commentators say is shalom is very this-worldly. It's not primarily heavenly. Do you understand? It is heaven, of course, but it's this worldly. In other words, it's to be experienced now. Three, a community of safe relationships and lack of hostility, one of valuing and honoring. Because that creates shalom. Four, joy. <laughs> Five, Justice being displayed and promoted. One of the things I'm, I, um, I love, and my daughter Kate loves this as well, uh, is starting to see the real shift in things happening politically, but also um, through movements like A21 and, and, and things like that, is the, the, um, the rise of, of demanding justice against trafficking of people because that is godly justice that's valuing and honoring people for who they are not for what they can earn for somebody you know so that's that's an, that's an example a reconciled this is the last one a reconciled and reconciling community then I want to just I just want to really focus here because See, I believe that as part of our mandate as believers is to bring um, shalom into areas, well, wherever we go. I was going to say areas of conflict, but I think it's actually wherever we go because we are bringing the kingdom of God to wherever we go. So whether it's your home or somebody else's home, or a workplace, or a restaurant, or a school, or a gym, or, you know, wherever you go, I believe we can release the peace of God into that place. Jesus said this, Luke chapter 10. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If anyone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. I used to do it more, and I'm going to start doing it again more. I would go into people's houses and I'd say, peace to this house. <laughs> because I believe we have the ability to release peace, and we also have the ability to take it back again. It's what Jesus was saying. If, if, if a person of peace is in the house, it will be received. If not, 
It's not received, so you can take it back. Imagine what would happen if we were releasing peace into places. Let me encourage you. You don't need to do it aloud, you know. You know, you don't need to stand in the reception of your workplace and say, Peace to this house in Jesus' name, you know. You can if you like, but um, you might get yeah, you might get fired, that's right. But you can go to your whether you're a workstation or a machine or wherever it might be and just say, I just release peace in this place. Just release peace. Watch and see what happens. Do it consistently and watch and see what happens. Just be aware, you may get a reaction <laughs> of, the, of the other order. And just be wise about that and get some support if that's the case because, you know, that's what part, part of what life groups are about and relationships with one another. Is, Can you just pray for me because something's happening as I'm releasing in this atmosphere. I'm shifting this atmosphere and there's a bit of a kickback. Just pray with me and support me. <laughs> oh, dear, it's good fun. Nothing like releasing peace when you're on a treadmill. You know, I release peace in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yes. Or in the swimming pool, peace in the name of the Lord. <laughs> oh dear. Yes, there we go. But I do think it's also important we work to release, uh, release uh, create peace internally. Because if we don't carry peace, you see, we can't release it. And that's just where I just want to finish at that point this morning. I, I want to... Give people the opportunity. If you know you're not in a place of peace, there's two things I think you need to do. One is this. Um, See, perfect love casts out fear. Fear and peace are are opposite. They're opposing. Um, A a part of what Satan tries to create really is is things like shame and guilt because they they lead to fear. And, And that's... It's, on the other side, God brings things that, that really are the antidote, if you like. Like perfect love casts out fear. So I think it's good if we, just for you to, to say, God, just help me. I want to love you more. Just creating me more and more of love, love for myself even, and love for you. Because perfect love casts out fear. But I think... Take some of these scriptures, for example, and meditate on them. Declare them out loud when you're able to. Focus on scriptures about peace. Declare them, speak them. Let them become part of you. But finally, and I will wrap up at this point, it's not wrong for others to pray for you that you have a a spirit of peace. Now, the ministry team will be here this morning, so I'm conscious of time, so... I mean, I'll pray for you, and I'll, perhaps I'll join the ministry team, but if you'll allow me. <laughs> um, but when the ministry team's on this side this morning, if, if that's you if, you, if you're in a sense of, I really do not know this God of peace, maybe you're not, maybe it's, you know, whether you've even been confronted with this before. It doesn't matter, because God loves to welcome you. So just come and receive some peace. Let there be something sown into you that you can build on because it needs building on. Let me say that. Don't expect a sudden overnight thing. You know, sometimes that happens. But sometimes we have to work ourselves on these things. 
Okay? I'm done. Brian, I'm done. I'm done. So enjoy peace. Spread peace. Peace. <laughs> Should have worn the band the bomb things. It's a nice one. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> so it's my age, isn't it? Was it? Dave, did you have one on? Yeah, you did. I knew I'd seen one recently. Oh, dear. So bless you. Have a good, have a good week.